Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Welcome and thank you for joining us for episode 89 of the Cultivating Business Growth podcast brought to you by PJS and Co CPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today we are talking about sales and marketing processes for growth in your business. So in order to help me tackle this topic, we have our VCFO, CPA, CGMA, and partner here at PJS and Co CPAs, Katina Peters. Welcome back to the show, Katina. Thanks, Megan. That's a lot of letters to spit out all at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might as well just uh, list out the, the alphabet there. <laughs> it feels like sometimes. Right. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Everything's going pretty good. I like these episodes where I get to ask you more questions, too. So it's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I usually do, too. We'll see how far my voice gets me this week because I'm recovering from a cold. So I apologize <laughs> for anyone listening that's uh, picking up on that. So today we're talking sales and marketing processes. I know marketing is one of your favorite topics, Katina. You get excited every week for our marketing meetings. I know you're thrilled. <laughs> Stretches my brain, Megan. It's good for me. <laughs> it's just like exercise, you know, you really like to exercise. I mean, I don't know, some people do, I guess, but it depends on the exercise. Like it depends. Yeah. <laughs> That's a conditional answer. I like yeah. If I have to run, no, I don't, I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> All right. So it is necessary in your business though. There, there are pieces of this that um, we tried to kind of, funnel this down into the the most necessary pieces. Um, but it obviously depends on on your overall business goals, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We want to make sure that we're aligning again, all comes back to that strategy at the beginning, overall business strategy and as well as, you know, what we're trying to do, you know, um, in the marketing side to support that business strategy, right? So absolutely. Exactly. Um so you know, looking, I'm, I'm going to turn the tables on you. So, <laughs> so looking at that, um, I know we like to kind of give the whys and we went through that a little bit, but, you know, coming back to the vision and the goals, um, let's, let's, you know, turn the tables and have you answer, you know, kind of what are the whys and the results and the things that you're looking to achieve kind of on that bigger picture first. Yeah. And, and that's really what you have to establish. You know, we have a lot of fantastic episodes about planning and strategy and your leadership team, including marketing, should be a part of those discussions because those results that you want to achieve are going to affect the marketing strategy, right? What is your focus for the year, for the next quarter in order to achieve those three-year goals, those 10-year pictures, those 10-year visions, so they really need to be involved in those high-level conversations and be in the loop as far as, okay, what is our overall revenue goal? Because that boils down, you need that end goal in mind to understand, is our goal this year getting leads? Is it brand awareness? Is it 
do we really want to take a step back from getting leads? Are we good with that and the size of our, our team? Do we need to, you know, really focus on client experience and satisfaction? Because that's a part of marketing as well. Really being in touch with your current clients. Marketing doesn't end after you get a signed engagement letter or a signed contract from your clients. It's the entire client experience from start to finish. So it it really depends on what those overall goals are for your business and what your overall vision is to break that down and kind of work backwards in order to set the most impactful processes that you want to start with and focus on for, for your year, for your quarter. So another consideration that I want to point out too is it really depends on the size of your team. Are you as the owner trying to do a lot of this yourself? Do you have a marketing manager to help you do these things? Do you have an entire marketing team? You know, some people have a big enough marketing team that they have a social media team, a content team. So it really depends on those processes are going to vary widely depending on the size of your team and your goals, but really breaking it down to the necessary tasks that you need to achieve those results. And then taking a look too at what am I spending the most time on? Is that necessary in order to achieve my goals or am I creating busy work for myself? And can I delegate that relatively easily to somebody? Because that's something that um, is going to be priority as far as creating processes for that task. If it is necessary, if it is helping you achieve your goal and you can delegate it relatively easily, I'd put that, all those things, number one on my, my priority list for creating processes. Yeah, absolutely. And I like, I mean, you know, like you're saying, considering your team and I know I've been kind of talking a little bit about um, rocks and things and how that works. Um, and mm-hmm. so that really is a good way to kind of come back to in- integrating your marketing plan into that. So, you know, if you're just a business owner and you're kind of doing everything, you know, you're going to have those five to seven rocks and some of that can be marketing. Right. But of course, other things are going to have to be uh, running the rest of the business, you know, servicing customers or clients, et cetera. Um, or if you have a bigger team, you know, those and and you have the ability to delegate, you know, maybe you're the lead of marketing or something and you have the ability to delegate, you know, you can kind of take on some bigger rocks and, and mm-hmm. all of your rocks are likely going to be in that area. And then you're going to be able to, to delegate down. So I think that really, you know, looking at it strategically from that perspective, um, you can kind of again, put the most important things, like you said, the, the highest priority, the most important, most effective things to the top, put them, push them to the surface so that you can really stay focused on those a uh, quarter at a time. So speaking of all that and in importance and whatnot, <laughs> what, um, let's go over some of the important aspects of the marketing process uh, in your viewpoint. Yeah. So uh- I just want to highlight my, in my opinion, the top three reasons for having those those marketing processes in place. And again, unless you're focused on marketing, it can be easy to kind of put this on the back burner because it's it may not be essential, right? Quote unquote, essential to the running of your business. But it isn't essential until it is, right? Until you have a problem. Um, and that's why it's important to be thinking right. of these things proactively before it becomes an issue. So well, one, one of, of the, things, the most important things is... Con- oh, sorry to interrupt, but one of those things I feel like, again, you know, like you're saying, it's not important until it's important. And and part of that is you don't just like turn the faucet on for marketing without laying some foundation, right? It's not like, oh, right. make marketing now and everybody's going right. to come streaming in the door. <laughs> so, yep. um, so you got to kind of 
even if you're you're you know inching it along and building those foundations right you kind of have to build that up it's not just an immediate thing that's going to happen takes time and and all of that yeah exactly good point so so one of the most important things is control over your brand and this is something that I think people equate a brand almost to, you know, oh, that's like Nike or Apple, you know, those because they're top of mind. They're huge companies. They're huge brands. Everybody recognizes it. But no matter how small your company is, it's good to have control over your brand. And what does a brand mean? Just overview. That means the way that you talk to people, how people recognize your company, how you choose to represent yourself the images that you show people, how you talk to people as far as your voice and tone and the the overall feeling, which I, I know is kind of intangible. It's hard to grasp onto, but what is the feeling you want to leave your clients with after they've experienced your services? And those types of things in order to remain consistent as you grow require processes. They require something written down so that everybody, when they're joining your team, understands what that means. Right. And I think the feeling, I mean, like you said, it's intangible, maybe kind of hard to define, but it is really very important to have that consistent um, process in place so that they are getting that feeling you want them to get. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who coined the term, but it was like people don't remember necessarily what you say or what you do all the time, but they remember how you made them feel. Right. And I think that's definitely yeah. the truth. Um, and so it really comes into play, you know, throughout the business, but especially in, in the like you said, the marketing and satisfaction of your customers and those kinds of things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that plays into the next point of having an integrated approach. This is very important because if you have one person that's handling all of this, maybe you as owner or one marketing manager, say, is handling everything from start to finish, this may not be an issue. But again, it comes to scalability and growing your business. Are you always going to want one person handling that? Probably not. Uh, so you want to ensure that you have an approach that ties together well as you grow, you're going to need more people to handle each aspect of marketing. Um, That means having somebody that's managing the content. That means somebody that's handling the social media. That means somebody that's managing the sales. All of those things tie together under the marketing and sales umbrella. And yes, when you're small, one person can handle that. But as you grow and branch out and hire all of these different people, they need to have one thing that ties them together and understand that. Um, so integration and an integrated approach as far as communication goes is crucial, um, when it comes to marketing. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point, um, I think really any business process, I think, you know, maybe if you're not the marketing person brain, like we were talking earlier, that's not necessarily my tendency (laughs) to be that person. Um, I can understand, you know, from a, a business process perspective that, you know, really any process, you have any business, any main process that's going on, um, in your business, you need to have all of that in mind, right? You need that integration, uh, between part departments integration, you know, so, you know, what sales and marketing is doing is, is translating into what operations is doing is, et cetera. So, you know, you, have that cohesiveness first of all throughout the company but then also the ability to then like you said scale and grow it in a controlled fashion that keeps 
you know, keeps your brand in mind, keeps your messaging in mind and keeps all those things going with regards to marketing, you know, same idea, obviously, on the operational side. So um, so it's important kind of to have throughout your business in, in any of the major operations. And I know just we're focusing on sales and marketing and how to do that here, but hopefully that can help maybe some people that aren't as you know, sales and marketing minded to, to kind of have an idea <laughs> what that should look like just from being in business operations, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and lastly, just having a training tool and something to help with the continuity of your business overall. Uh, if someone leaves and you've trusted them with all of your sales and marketing to this point, but nothing's on paper and no one else knows how to do it, you're losing a huge asset. Say they've been fantastic at sales and you've been really hitting it out of the ballpark, but none of that was written down. How is someone supposed to come in and figure out how it was all done and how it tied together with the branding and the the communication and you know just from start to finish? How how is someone supposed to come in and, and keep that going for you? Um, so having it documented and uh, cross trained across your company is very very important too. Absolutely. You don't want to go back to scratch and like, you know, just start from the beginning. I mean, that's a lot of time spent, a lot of effort, cost, et cetera. And to just add a little bit more time and effort to that to document everything really captures all that time and that cost that was spent up front um, and, and adds to the value of your business, right? I mean, we're growing businesses here. Yes, we're growing and adding customers and clients mm-hmm. through marketing and sales, but we're also adding just to the overall structure and process of our business because that makes our business more valuable as a business as well. Right. Yep, exactly. Okay. So, um, so kind of moving in a little bit to maybe some examples of what those processes would be. We kind of talked about like the overview of training and integration and all those kinds of things. So I'm um, going into some examples of processes, maybe a little more, you know, specifically like, okay, I know I need marketing processes. What do I need? What kind of marketing processes do I need? Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, these are just high level. And again, it comes back to what are your overall business goals? But here's some examples of some things that you may want to work on or ask your marketing manager. Maybe you've offloaded that and you don't have your hands in it as much, but you want to make sure that it is established for your organization and that it's documented and all of these things. So here are some things to to think about. First off, the attraction process. How are you attracting your ideal customers? Is it currently working? You know, there's a, a variety of different tactics that you can use. You can use freebies on your website. You can, you know, have a YouTube channel. You can, are you using social media to engage with clients? Um, there's a million there's different things under the sun. And, you know, I could go on and on, but what are you currently using? How are you using that? Is it working? What's working best? Who's looking at the analytics? How do you look at those things? And then having those measurables, do you need to improve it? Uh, What are you using to measure your success? These are all processes within just the attraction umbrella of sales and marketing that you could be looking at and, and figuring out processes for and documentation under. Right. And I know we've talked a little bit about a scorecard before, but just as a reminder, um, you know, the, the scorecard mm-hmm. that uh, companies should be keeping are just those key metrics um, in, in different areas of the business. But more specifically to the sales and marketing side, you know, and like talking, for example, example to the attraction process, and like you said, keeping those metrics. So um, it can't be like 
arbitrary here and there. You know, you really need to put it into something that you're watching those trends and watching those things go. Um, and it's, it's recommended, you know, from week to week, I would say at least from month to month, um, being watching mm-hmm. those. But week to week, you can, you know, put those numbers into a scorecard where you have everything kind of summaries in one place um, so that you can really make quick decisions. Like you said, what's working, what's not working. I mean, you have to build a little bit of a trend to see what's working. I mean, things don't you know necessarily take off immediately, but, but you can really make those changes, you know, as you need, if you're, if you're monitoring those on an ongoing basis. I just wanted to bring up that scorecard. I know you do a great job tracking those kind of metrics in our scorecard so that we know what's going on and uh, we can all, you know, as a leadership team, you know, make decisions um, based on those kinds of things and to see, you know, what we might need to adjust and all of that. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, so your attraction process, I talk about the funnel every time we, we have a marketing episode, but imagine a funnel and the top of your funnel is the attraction process. So this is where you're gathering a whole bunch of people that are interested in your your business, your services, maybe the, the people that are running your business. If you have a, a personal brand, you know, newsletter signups and freebie signups. And you, this is the biggest part of your funnel. This is where a lot of people come in. And then with each step of these, it gets smaller and smaller, smaller, right? Because you're just filtering out the people as they get more and more serious about actually making a purchase. So that's that's the big part. And then the next step is kind of your lead management process. So you have to be able to define your leads through each step of the process. What makes someone a qualified lead to your organization, because there's going to be different components that are criteria for every type of business, every type of service-based business, every type of product-based It doesn't matter. Um, you're going to have different criteria in order for them to go to the next step of the sales process. So, you know, this is a very finite part of your overall sales process, but it's an important aspect of, you know, making those definitions and, then taking a look at how do you move them forward? How are you keeping track of their progress? How do we make clear notes in order to communicate to the other members of our team once they move forward and sign a contract? These are all the internal processes that you have to figure out and make sure that it's running smoothly, not only for marketing, but understand that marketing touches base with a lot of the other functions of your business. And that has to move operationally smoothly too, um, in order to not run into frustration. <laughs> because I know there's, um, at, at least at the, a lot of the companies I work for, there's a little bit of frustration between the sales and the operations side, because the sales likes to make all these big promises, um, and then maybe doesn't communicate that to operations. So it's important to have communication internally, not only just focused on your clients, but also internally amongst different departments too, because that makes things run a lot more smoothly and creates more of a team environment versus the sales is operating over here and billing is operating over here and everybody's in their own kind of silo, you know, not really talking to each other. Um, So I think that's a big component of the marketing and sales operations too, is not getting so solely focused on your clients, but also the internal operations and how they operate with other departments. Right. And you're going to have a much more successful, you know, sale. And like you said, sales doesn't 
and in marketing doesn't stop at bringing the people in the door, but in making sure they're satisfied on the other end. And so, you know, if you if you have these grandiose premises and sales and operations is like, wait, we can't do that or whatever, you're definitely going to not get a good result on the other end because you're setting this expectation and you're not right. meeting the expectation. And, you know, so ultimately... Uh, yeah, it comes kind of back around to sales and marketing having to deal with it as a problem, I suppose. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they you know get the sale up front maybe, but uh, coming back around. So, yeah, we definitely want that cohesion um, and providing a good service, a good product, and, you know, start to finish, et cetera. But, yeah, we got to really agree on what does that mean? And sales needs to understand what that means so that, you know, we're communicating it effectively to leads as they're coming through. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So another area that you could look at, and that was just kind of, you know, big, big picture overview on sales and marketing. Um, but this is more uh, focused solely on marketing um, when it comes to your content management. And this has been a big shift in how marketing is done the past couple of years from, uh, I guess it's not a recent shift. It's been happening for probably 10 years now, but from outbound marketing to inbound marketing, where we want to be the leader in whatever industry it is, right? We want to be the knowledgeable person that people come to when they have questions. And that's essentially inbound marketing. They find you, you're the you're the authority on that topic. So there's some processes within content management that you want to think about in order to, again, have that integrated approach when it comes to communications, because that's very important when it comes to this area. So when you're looking at social media, for example, you want somebody who's savvy to trends, savvy to the platform, savvy to things like hashtags that I know even myself, I'm not that old, at least I don't feel that old, but until I start talking about social media. Um, and then I feel real old real quick. So you also want a way to communicate your brand voice. So is that business professional? you know, how silly are you comfortable being? That's been a, a really big trend in like, you know, we've seen these platforms pop up like TikTok where people are doing these voiceovers and all these dances and, you know, even lawyers are jumping in and doing dances. I've seen dentists, you know, to get engagement. And it's like that, that really becomes, I like to call it your personality. Like what is your business personality that you're comfortable with? Obviously we want, you know, this professional persona, but there's, in order to get engagement, you know, you have to kind of figure out what am I comfortable with as a business? What language do you, do we use? What are the standards we are holding ourselves to? So it's, it's interesting. And this will probably shift in another six months <laughs> as far as social media is concerned, because it changes just so quickly. So you have to stay on top of these processes here and making sure that you're constantly taking a look at it and reassessing, are we staying relevant? Are we if we're not getting the engagement that we're getting, are we okay with that because we want to stick with, you know, XYZ standards? So no matter the volatility of social media and how many changes happen in the next six months, one year, whatever down the line, you just want to make sure that you're integrated in your communications because, you know, you can't be super silly and get all these great engagements and laughs on your social media. And then when they actually engage with your company, you're all buttoned up and stiff and it doesn't align because the people that you're attracting on TikTok who are laughing and like really fall in love with that personality. And then when they engage in your company, it's completely different. You know, that's not necessarily going to work either. So you have to make sure that 
everything works together. If you're going to be silly, that's great, but be it from start to finish. That's who you have to be. Um, so don't just, you know, do that because, oh, this platform requires this of me. I have to learn TikTok dances all of a sudden. Like, that's <laughs> fine if that's what you want to do. <laughs> but uh, just understand that's probably what people are going to expect in working with you. You know, they're, they're right. that's when it's not just you, right? Like, like you're saying, I mean, maybe it's you on TikTok, but then they're talking to your associate or something. So it exactly. used to be kind of like, this is what we want our company to be and how the persona right. Somewhat. Not that people have to be cookie cutter exactly the same, um, right. but yeah, you can't be like so divergent from one thing to another. People are going to be like, what? Again, that expectation. Right. Contact the right company. Yeah. 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 Right. It's just setting those ex- expectations <laughs> yeah. the right way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, having a, a brand voice, having some kind of understanding of the, the your organization's personality, having a planning and approval process is very important because as you bring those new people on, you need someone more senior to the organization to look that over and make sure that they understood that. You know, you can have a, a brand voice guide and, you know, have a branding guide that people read, but they may interpret that in different ways. You know, we're all human. We all are coming at it with our own interpretation of things. So right. someone more senior needs to have approval rate rights on all of those things before it goes out there because with social once you put it out there, it's out there forever. You want to ensure that anything posted with your company attached to it is appropriate for your business, your industry, and it's something that you're proud to put your name on. For sure. Definitely. And again, I think this kind of comes back to, you know, we, it kind of makes me think of the core values, right? We talked about core values and how mm-hmm. what we want to be as a business. And um, and because I think, again, you know, as we're hiring in that business, we're, you know, looking to also attract those people that have the same core values. So likely we're probably right. going to have a little bit of cohesion, hopefully, in, in that way, because we're hopefully attracting those people. But still, we want to make sure we're communicating that, you know, from the top appropriately, how we want to be viewed, you know, in the public eye, so to speak, mm-hmm. as well. Sure. Yeah. And then lastly, you know, under along the same lines with content management, email communications, again, all the same things that we said about social media, you want to make sure that it's aligning with all of those, but it's helpful to have some kind of schedule because there are various topics within each industry that are timely at certain periods throughout either seasons or the year, or, you know, month, whatever industry you're is that you're in, that's going to change from, you know, one company to another. But in general, every year, there's certain things that you want to talk to your clients about, right? So having a schedule so you don't have to recreate the wheel every year is very helpful. And then in addition to that, having a process to identify different audiences that you're communicating with via email because social media you're communicating to everybody but email you have the luxury of defining you know maybe an industry or how they found you or you know maybe there are different interests or what's important to that specific industry you know maybe I have a dental email list that I can market to um, and anytime we put a dental podcast out we're able to provide it to them as, you know, Mm -hmm. because you can be even more More helpful once you, yeah, exactly. So that's a a good way to support your communications too, is uh, personalizing the message to each audience within your email lists. So that's just a big (laughs) overview on some 
high level processes that you can do within marketing. There's obviously, you know, the list could go on and on. And if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Um, so reach out. Yeah, I think I think that's helpful. I know, you know, coming from um, kind of a non-marketing sales background. I mean, I've been working with you for a while, so I know a lot more than I used to about it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think it's helpful just to kind of be like, you know, you know, kind of a lot of times I think you just have like one, oh, sales and marketing, networking and going out and not really thinking about, you know, kind of all the back end processes and the different avenues and, and sitting down and kind of, you know, maybe jotting those down and starting to work on those um, processes and avenues um, mm-hmm. a little more specifically and just you know dial it in from that perspective is helpful than just kind of just this you know spray wash of marketing and networking going out right for sure right um so we're coming to my favorite topic of the podcast because I have an accounting process brain and (laughs) and that is not that we weren't talking about processes here I mean the process side again um, but is automation I love efficiency and automation so I think that's uh, built into my personality so let's talk a little bit about automation with our sales and marketing processes yeah and lucky for us in the marketing world there are a bunch of really great tools when it comes to automation But I want to throw out there as a a disclaimer, you don't want to just hop in and start automating everything before you know it works. (laughs) Because if you automate a whole bunch of things that aren't working, that's not going to do you any good. So we test our processes first. We test and make sure, you know, for email campaigns, for example, this is a really big one for like lead nurture. You know, if we get a newsletter sign up or somebody signs up for a freebie, maybe you have a template put together, a free book or whatever it may be. And they go into a lead nurture, long-term nurture, lead nurture. There's a bunch of different names for it. But essentially you're sending, some people like to send weekly emails. Some people like to send monthly emails. You have to decide that's part of your process, right? What is effective? What is too much communication? What's not enough? What headlines are people opening? There's a lot of things that you want to test out even just looking at that one aspect before you just start automating everything <laughs> because it, that can get you in a lot of trouble real fast because you just think, oh, well, I automated it. You know, it should be working. But then if you're not getting any results from it, then it's really not doing you any good. So that's one thing I'll throw out there. Um, but like I said, lead nurture is a really big uh, area where there's a lot of automation possible. We use Keep, formerly in Fusionsoft, if you're old like me. Um, but (laughs) it's a great program where you can really automate your, you can set up campaigns, you can automate, you know, your newsletters, all kinds of the delivery of freebies, all kinds of things. Um, so it's a really great tool. And if you're familiar with Infusionsoft, it used to be really expensive and the costs have come down quite a bit for smaller businesses. So that is something that's reasonable. We'll link that in the show notes for this episode. And then, The other thing that I like to mention, which is relatively easy to automate, is posting to social. There's Once you've planned out your posts and they've been approved, you don't want to just hand somebody something and go ahead and post, you know, go ahead and schedule everything. You want to make sure you've, somebody has taken a look at them. But there are a bunch of free tools that you can use to schedule out those posts so that you're not having to hop on or your assistant or whoever isn't having to hop on every single day and post those to social media. You can plan them out for a week, two weeks, even a full month. So some of those programs that are, there's free programs called like Hootsuite is one. Another one is later.com. 
Um, so we'll post a couple of those free resources too, if you're just getting started. Um, and like I said, if you're looking for any more other resources, I'm happy to, to answer questions. You can just reach out to us at info at pjscpas.com. And I'm happy to, to answer any questions you may have. Yeah, awesome. I like that too, because it, it allows you to kind of bundle um, tasks together to you. So yes. from like a task perspective, um, I know we've uh, talked about that in, in a lot of processes, but um, it allows you to kind of just really sit down, really, really get your mind into that task and taking care of what needs to happen for that um, task. And then, it, like you said, you can schedule it out to go for later um, so that it's hitting when it needs to out there. Um, but that way you can really just spend that focused brain time um, working on that and, and in that mindset. Like I know sometimes that can be a little hard to like shift your mindset from one type of task to another type of task, et cetera. Um, and so that really, I think, works well too from that perspective. So that's um, pretty cool that you can do stuff like that. Yeah. It's my favorite. All right, Megan. I think we're coming to the end of our episode here. And, and I like to ask you this. You always ask me this question. So I'm going to ask you <laughs> any, last, <laughs> any last thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Oh, let's see. This is why you always give me that look when I ask you this question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say probably my favorite thing about processes is that it does allow you to be more strategic about the way you're going about things. You mentioned earlier, you know, the the way that people think about sales and marketing is kind of networking and almost a throw it at the wall and see what sticks approach. And it's that's not the most fun approach to do. It's not really effective. Sometimes you have to start there if you don't have any history. Um, but after you've thrown some things, be stepping back and actually being strategic and looking at the analytics and looking at the numbers and then making small tweaks along the way until you're really refining the processes that you're putting into place. Um, and then finally, getting to that automation step, which is like the hallelujah step of, yay, I don't have to do this anymore. I can just put it on autopilot. Um, yeah. But yeah, being strategic, just make sure that you're taking a step back and making sure that it's something that is working. It's something that is one of your goals that you want to accomplish, and it's going to be impactful for your business. Awesome. Well, thank you for all your insights, Megan, on this podcast about sales and marketing. I will let you do the wrap up because you're so really great at it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so if you have any questions at all, like I mentioned, feel free to reach out to us at info at pjscpas.com. You can find the show notes for this episode at pjscpas.com forward slash 89 for episode 89. Thank you so much for joining us. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.